0: Are you in Oregon?
1: I'm in Oregon right now. Yeah.
0: Wow. You can't <laughs> tell because I don't see any Trailblazers. Uh,
1: <laughs> no, I would not do that. I'm I'm loyal. I'm a loyal fan. All right. I fair, did get as- i I got a Damian Lillard jersey, just because it has the Oregon on it, and he's one of my favorite players out there. I'm not leaving this fan fan base, but I got the jersey just because it's cool. That's completely acceptable.
0: Dame Lillard is 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 the man. I have the shoes back there, are uh, up there. Those are the Dame, those are the Dame zones that he wore in a game. Not actually, wow. he didn't wear those ones, but they are ten pairs that were made for promotional purposes for game zones. So Dame is cool with me. He's like definitely a guy that is universally loved. Whether or not your Sixers fans can love Dame too, he might be a Sixer. You never know. I we, can, so we can talk about it on the pod. We can. We can.
1: creator a huge sports fan he's the creator of the widely loved bleacher report series game of zones as well as working on a numerous other shows including the champions sports gods sports friends gridiron heights and so much more he's a diehard philly sports fan and a member of the greater Chast family adam mm-hmm. thank you so mm-hmm. much for joining me
0: oh thank you for having me cousin, uh, <laughs> no uh, cousin and no also i got to give a shout out to craig malamut my brother who is the co-creator of Game of Zones. As much as I like to act like it's just me,
1: there is another. As much, everything I said to Craig as well. Nah, let's not get crazy. All right, that was too much. That was too much. Thank you for joining me. And I know you're mm. used to talking on this West Coast time because you've been doing some pitches. I don't know how much you can say or not say, but where, what are you working on right now and how is that process going? So I can't say very much uh, about it at all. What I can say
0: is that we are working on something that is, uh, you know, a cartoon that we wanted to make outside of sports for a long time. Greg and I, um, and uh, we spent the last year developing it, and we just did some pitches and with some uh, some big places, and we will uh, we'll see what happens. We've heard some feedback. I can't get into anything, but uh, we'll see what happens.
1: Check the trades, folks. Check the trades. Well, you. Hopefully, can promise- hopefully. You can promise that whenever this show is official, it'll be first to be announced here, right? You'll let me know before anyone. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, listen, <laughs>
0: uh, I'll see what I can do. See what I can do. That's a- I got I got media people. You know they're calling me left and right. They gotta <laughs> know what the hot Malamut news is. But yeah, uh, calls I, on all your phones. <laughs> but you know, but if I if I do give you that information first, then you have to change the name of the
1: podcast to I Do Noah. That's true. I, it'll be a whole brand change. We'll, we'll get there when we get there, but okay. I'm excited. <laughs> uh, I could ask you a million questions about Game of Zones, but I'll try to keep it to a few. First of all, I'm sure you've explained this a bunch. How did you and Craig, how did this all come about, this cartoon basketball parody of an old-time, intense, violent show to go on this Bleacher Report app and YouTube. How did that all, was it overnight? Was there a moment? Kind of just walk me through how that process came about. Sure, yeah. So it's certainly, it's a
0: long process of, you know, it's sort of like, there's a quote I'm gonna butcher from Picasso. And this lady was, I'm gonna butcher this whole story but I'm gonna start with this place. Uh, so this lady was like wanted to buy a Picasso drawing and it was like 40 million, it was like some really expensive, like $40,000 or something like that, or 400,000, just a little sketch. And she's like, how are you going to charge me this much? You just did this. He's like, lady, I have, this has taken my whole life to be able to make this sketch because he trained his whole life, you know? And um, in many ways, am I comparing us, Game of Zones, to Picasso? Yes. Yes, I am. Same stuff. Um, No, but what I mean is, like, there's a long story about how we got, uh, how that came about, you know, that involves, like, Craig and I drawing when we were kids and doing voices at the table, making people laugh, getting suspended from my. High school. I'd kicked off my high school newspaper uh, because I drew inappropriate drawings. Uh, you know, there's uh, many, many things that went into the path towards doing um, doing silly cartoons and silly cartoons about sports. Listening to six ten WIP uh, <laughs> all the time growing up, which is the sports radio and stuff like that. Um, but um, but the but the shorter story for Game of Zones is that. You know, I, I taught myself how to animate. I was doing stuff in LA. I was, I was producing um, reality shows and on game shows and stuff like that. And at the same time, I was teaching myself how to animate and doing some animated stuff. And I had done, I did this uh, one cartoon that was about Chase Utley and Ryan Howard called Baseball Friends. And they're just literally talking about how much they love the feeling of hitting home runs. And it was like super vulnerable. And, um, and that got some traction. A philly blog picks it up that turned into a whole series on yahoo screen called sports friends uh that lasted for two seasons until uh yahoo who moved away from all their short form stuff and moved towards like community and long-form stuff um and and then a guy at bleach report had seen our sports friends cartoons and some other stuff and he was interested in working with us in some way and at the time craig and i were craig uh, uh midway through sports friends had joined me, working with me, uh, and uh, we were doing it together. And he kind of got uh, caught up to speed on everything. And, um, and he, uh, he wanted to work with us. We had been watching Game of, Zones, or, sorry, Game of Thrones. We were really into it. And we wanted to do something like a spoof of that in some way. And so we pitched him on a spoof of Game of Thrones and maybe the NFL, maybe the NBA. And he was like, let's do the NBA, because, he, because Bleach Report was just acquired by Turner, and they had the rights to the NBA. So we made the first episode of a Game of Thrones NBA mashup and said, who knows who's going to watch this. A lot of people watched it. It went like totally viral. The first episode, we were kind of freaking out. It's really exciting. And then Bleacher Report was like, hey, can you do another one of these? And I was like, no. We used all the jokes. There's no more jokes. We can't do like We're like, no. And then Craig's like, we can. And I'm like, mm, all right, fine, let's just do it. So we scraped together whatever last jokes we could make and we gave him the other next game of Zones. I went crazy viral again. And we said, okay, I think we made all the Game of Thrones NBA mashups we can do. And that's when Bleacher Report was like, would you guys be interested in coming in-house and doing these cartoons? And I was like, oh boy, I don't know if we can make any, how many more jokes are left in this mashup, but uh, that sounds like kind of fun. So we moved to San Francisco, started doing them in-house and somehow seven seasons later the show evolved into its own universe and uh kind of became its own thing so uh so yeah that's uh that's the long version of kind of how it happened
1: (laughs) i mean that that's incredible it's it's great to see what it's what it's become it's i'm a huge fan of the show obviously thousands millions of people are how do you kind of manage and you said you you know you kicked off your high school newspaper for being inappropriate how do you manage finding that kind of comedic level and adding that bit of personality and comedy and sometimes a little maybe a little dark or a little raunchy whatever it is but also in this sports centric type show that's on a, a sports platform that's not you know an adult swim or a cartoon network
0: yeah i think it's always you know it's interesting it's always like um a weird analogy here or kind of comparison is like i remember listening to Sam Hinkie talking to Pablo Torre about Daryl Morey and saying that Daryl is going to be great because he makes a ton of like micro decisions that are like it will affect the team in positive ways and like that's what makes something good or bad and I think a lot of it there's no overall rule or anything like that it's just a bunch of micro decisions that guide us so for example we're we see something going on in the NBA we talk about it we laugh at something we say oh that's really funny then it's like a ve- like is that in- is that appropriate is that inappropriate like does that work can we make it appropriate and like and then it's like yeah okay i think we need to do it. what if we did it this way and it's like becomes shaped by like throughout the process we're always shaping it with you know uh, decisions that are like is this appropriate will people think this is funny does this make sense uh, is this accurate and so there's no there's no real um, I think the process is really just you know it's like um tumbling a stone there's like an analogy i think that like steve jobs used at one point and i i being incredibly pretentious to compare game of zones to like picasso and steve jobs and daryl Morey (laughs) and stuff like that but um but i think i like to to think in terms of this stuff uh And I also think these tidbits are interesting and helpful, but like, you know, we talked about the creative process being a tumbling stone. It's a lot of friction and, you know, and that friction includes like Craig and I fighting all the time and all these things and us being stressed out and working weekends. We tumble, tumble, tumble the stone and all of a sudden you get like this really pretty little um, thing with, you know, that looks like it was, it's nice, but it's just constant tumbling. And so even, I, I don't know if this exactly answers your question, but it's really just a lot of, you know, finding all the balances for everything like knowing what the audience is knowing what's appropriate for bleach report knowing what's not too offensive particularly for sensitive people in the nba who like you know we're you know i like i always feel bad about making fun of a player because like these are real people and so we always are making those decisions based on everything based on the feeling of what feels like it's the right level and how how good can we make it within those boundaries
1: right and that was my next question have you ever had any jokes or episodes in particular that you got negative feedback specifically from a player or a team or anyone in that sphere?
0: Um, uh, never. It's only things – so everything's been really positive, and we're always impressed. And part of the reason we wanted, needed to wrap up the show after all this time was, like, we just, like, developed too many relationships with people in the NBA, and they're all super cool. Um, and, uh, but we did have – I like to think that T.J. Warren um, – Subtweeted us once uh, after we did the Sun Kings episode, and I like, called him a ball hog or something like that. Uh, he tweeted, um, he's like something about the haters, something like that. Uh, and I like to think that that's was well, a Game of Zones reference, even though mm. I'm not sure. Uh, and the other thing was that uh, this we I was this was like a story that I don't know if I can talk about. It. It's unclear, but I already accidentally said it on a podcast.
1: Might as well so go again.
0: I'm gonna be vague about it, but it's like basically a certain owner of the New York Knicks wasn't thrilled with his portrayal in, in the, uh, and and uh, and complained to some powerful people, uh, but nothing uh, really came of it.
1: So you can't ever go to the city of New York again? Is that what?
0: Yeah, um, banned from all of New York.
1: There's they got eyes on you. That's, New why, York that's York. why I
0: moved to New Jersey.
1: Right. Yeah. <laughs> there's the Malamut pulling them in right, yeah yeah
0: I, it's honestly it'd be an amazing honor to be banned from the garden I'm not saying that it was you know that particular owner but uh
1: I think, right you know, we, we can't speculate here yeah we don't want to speculate something like going on were there any what were the most memorable reactions I guess on the other way the most positive someone who really loved the way they're portrayed mm-hmm. or was such a huge fan and they had to come up and tell you
0: well for for me the big deal I want, the big, one big deal is like Embiid When we did the process episode he was like this is amazing this is the best thing ever that was awesome because it's joel and and uh you happen to be a big fan of his um lonzo ball when he tweeted out his episode that was amazing god there's so many cool examples we like we took mark cuban to town uh for like in in one thing because like he had like Made, he, like, got angry at Bleacher Report for making a tweet that said Dirk Forever, and it was, like, him airballing, and, like, it was, like, not in good taste, but he, like, got super sensitive about it, so we made the episode where he's, like, threatening Nerland's Noel. Um, <laughs> and we thought he would hate it, but he, like, tweeted it out, and he liked it. Um, so, like, a, a ton of positive reactions like that. I'm trying to think of, like, who the biggest ones are. You know, I, 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 to me, like, the most memorable is Joel Embiid. Um think so and like you know it's always fun to hear like randomly hear like oh mike d'antoni's a huge fan like howard beck who hmm. the nba writer who used to be a bleacher report when he was there would always report back when he was talking to someone in the league that they're a huge yeah. fan of the show and stuff like that but uh but you know it got to the point where almost everybody seems in the nba seemed to know about it one thing that was cool is like we heard on danny green's podcast that Kawhi had seen his episode that was pretty cool that's pretty um, cool <laughs> so like it was always and, I, and and it never gets old like anytime we hear uh that anyone likes it like that we just um like a celebrity or the players who's in it saw it like we always freak out like it's uh, like little kids it's super exciting um and then oh nothing for overall will top like going on and, and the, they would always put the episodes on inside the nba and like charles barkley to me is like my guy like he is just the coolest dude ever and uh and my favorite like player slash talent and so the fact that they liked it and Charles Barkley's like we'd hear a story about I'm sorry I'm going on for a long time about this but like no yeah, it's fine uh one time at like inside the NBA like Tom Thibodeau was there and like Barkley cornered him was like yo did you see the game of zones with Jeremy Butler with the urine and he was like yeah I saw it he's like he said oh my god that was so funny actually I should do it in my Charles Barkley voice but man did you see that game of zones man that was hilarious man um so i'd say like that was a pretty big th- thrill to hear that story secondhand
1: <laughs> that's incredible and i was gonna ask you i know you do so much on the show and i'm sure you do a lot of voices what what are some of your favorite voices to do
0: so i like the the deep scary voices like you know like um uh in father of balls which is like the um lavar ball voice like yeah, so we were like the really big dark voices and we lower them. That's always fun to do dark voices like that. Scary villainous voices. Uh, but then uh, I like, and of course, there's James Harden, who is kind of originally based on Oberyn, from, a prince from Dorne, but then sort of devolved into Triumph the Insult Dog for some reason. <laughs> uh, yeah, who else do I do? Um, I like to do a lot of guys like this, um, but I'm not sure... Which guys talk like this off top of my head? Uh, who else do I do? Oh, uh, oh, of course the Van Gundy's. Uh, well, there's like uh, there's Stan. You know, he's he's more Scottish. Ah, that's my brother Jeff. And then there's Jeff, who's like ah Stan, who's a little higher pitch and sort of Irish. That, that's fun. Um, uh, who else do I do? I'm trying to think probably. I like doing. Oh, I like doing anything. that's like Stanisparathian, it's the true king of an author, The the, the <laughs> Onion Knight guy. Uh, whenever we get a character that talks like this guy like uh the onion not na- uh the true, Stannis the true king of the north uh that i that i have to keep doing that that's like my anchor for that voice but um <laughs> but uh i i can't even remember which characters talk like him but uh that doc rivers is fun like mm-hmm. you're gonna guard go. he's kind of got one of those low raspy voices uh yeah uh any particular i'm trying to think if there's anything i'm forgetting that uh hinky has got sort of that nerd voice, you know, a little cliche there, but uh, you know, something like that. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm sure that I'm going to think of a Jimmy Butler, uh, you know, when he's like, he's like, oh yeah, oh, that's sort of like um, uh, uh, Gin Alley voice. That's uh, based on a character. Uh, yeah, he's got that like the Ginelli, that kind of like yeah. lower. Yeah. I was a legend in Gin Alley. <laughs> that's sort of uh Jimmy Butler's voice, and we lowered it a little bit so. Uh, a lot of fun voices. I mean that uh, that fits
1: his character because you know Jimmy Butler works hard. You know he, he works hard true. to get where he's yes. at. So it's yes, cool.
0: yes, he uh, Jimmy Butler works hard, uh, <laughs> sometimes inefficiently, um, but uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean I, the only thing the only thing I complain I have is is doing a lot of the raspy voices hurts my throat sometimes after a while, and then we have to. Hmm. So sometimes when we're recording, we do those last.
1: We got to maybe take some breaks. You record a little bit and get some water. Maybe do another yeah. day
0: right yeah yeah sometimes so we try not we try to power through it
1: were there any episodes of game of zones or any other series that you thought like this is hilarious this is amazing this is great that didn't get the response that you were expected it to get
0: uh yeah so um i thought was hilarious when we sent brad stevens back in or got frozen in time by the time lord and then like Lucky, this we did the whole, like, long, slow death of Lucky because, like, he is, uh, the, the legend has it with him is that he's, like, has a blood oath that, like, he always has to perform during timeouts. So when they called this timeout, uh, this was when they had this, like, epic 30-year timeout, he had to keep performing, and then he eventually got too tired and then passed away. <laughs> uh, but uh, the two minutes that Brad Stevens spent, like, explaining the long, complicated death of, of Lucky the mascot... Uh, I thought it'd be a laugh riot, but, uh, people, uh, didn't really care. Mm.
1: Well, they're just, they're, they're uncultured. They don't get it. I, exactly. <laughs> I, exactly. What was more beneficial for you getting to game of zones and bleacher report and all the success you have now interning with NFL network mm, okay. at Fox Cut. reality channel or at <laughs> the innovative site, MySpace?
0: Ooh, good question. Wait. So what was most influential, uh, so you said NFL Films internship, which I did. Uh, when I was there, I uh, I once uh, told Donovan McNabb where he could poop, and uh, and I also said, "Is that well, your set, set
1: job?" Just, just I was all the studio
0: the and live events intern. So like, we I was there for a lot. Of, I met tons of uh, tons of. Uh, in, I remember watching Tony Saragusa throw can- through candy on my head once, and uh, some weird random stuff there. Uh, and at one time, Cameron was supposed to be on one of the shows, the rapper, and he showed up four hours late and then he like baked the shit out of the like green room. And then like they're like, yo, Adam, you gotta go clear that out. Like you can't be smelling <laughs> weed like that. So like I uh, had to like air out Cameron's room. Um, that was definitely very influential. Uh, and then the, then uh, Fox Reality, woo, that was, that was a great time. Uh, uh, that was very formative. I was an assistant, that actually taught me about pitching and how to pitch. And uh, I met a ton of, uh, it it also taught me even more how to be calm in front of celebrities because I was the assistant who had to like, let all these people pitching reality shows up like William Shatner and um, Joan Rivers. And like, it was just crazy names. And I would always be the person who like said, hey,
1: come on and pick
0: you up. And uh, (laughs) that helped me be calm around. The uh, lemon
1: water and everything. (laughs) Yep,
0: yep, you know it. Uh, And uh, then MySpace, oh. Myspace was definitely influential because um, I didn't like that job Um, and that was where I'm like I gotta really get serious with animation I don't I don't want to do this.
1: So what did you do at Myspace that you were like "Mm, this is not for me?
0: I was technically a creative producer which sounds like a good title except it really means you produce creatives so like it'd basically be like Fanta Wants to do a MySpace page and like back. This is right at the end of MySpace, but like brands were still paying like mil- a million dollars for like a MySpace page, and I'd be like the guy who like coordinates, making sure like the ah uh, the the programmer. I just kind of coordinate that. Like the salesperson sells it, then they say, hey, you we we sold Fanta on this like cool Fanta skinned player that plays cool music that kids think is cool, and and, uh, and it's got all these features, and I have to talk to like the uh the guy who does the code and be like hey this is what the player is supposed to do and then i talk to the designer and say this is what it's supposed to look like and then i um sit at my desk and plan how i can stop doing this
1: yeah uh
0: but it's not i mean listen it was actually fun because my friends worked there and like we'd hang out and uh and i got paid and i got benefits but it was not as creative as i it wasn't i wasn't good at that job because i'm not that organized and also it was not maximizing my potential
1: well i'm glad your potential was found and it was maxim well i can't say it's maximized no. yet but it's been
0: oh my god i have so much potential you have no <laughs> idea no i uh for all we know i think uh i, I feel like Amazon's might have been uh our ceiling we'll see
1: oh don't don't say that this is just the bit you haven't even begun to peak this is
0: we'll see i did read that <laughs> uh writers and average peak at a, a 41 years old and i'm 38 so we got three good years three good years but it, but you know i gotta get my good stuff in before i start like doing corny jokes because my mom she makes corny jokes only now and i know i'm going that trajectory so i got to mm. uh i gotta get it in now before you gotta uh, ride that jokes get super corny
1: that fine line where it's like there's an a- aspect of corniness, but it's not just a corny joke like Right. It's corny, but there's corny, but cool. And then there's yeah. corny and
0: just corny, which is like LeBron. <laughs> what? Uh, you think LeBron. LeBron James is corny? Uh, I think LeBron's a little corny. I think he's kind of like – there's a lot of great things about LeBron. Like I'm not a LeBron hater, but he's definitely corny. He's definitely corny.
1: He's easily – Cringy. Top five cringiest Twitter personalities in sports.
0: Just ever overall personality. Like he's just so – like for someone to be that good and still like insecure – like. Some, it's just uh,
1: he's somehow cringier than Tom Brady is on social media. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Tom Brady is like a killer, like, he is like he's got that like Kobe MJ gene. Um, but LeBron is like a goofball and insecure, and uh, he just like he's the most amazing like player. Um, and he's like a great like leader in a lot of ways, but he's just so
1: cringy i just had he's just a cringy guy and some people just are he's just corny
0: so and, and you know
1: and i guess that happens from i don't know being in that kind of media basketball spotlight since you were like 14 uh, i don't know i mean I- a lot of guys
0: have that are in that situation i feel not a lot of guys but like it doesn't mean you get like cringy like a uh, corny like like you know bieber he's been in the spotlight since he was a kid and like I wouldn't say, I mean, he's definitely cringy in some ways, but like, he's not corny. Uh, or maybe he is, I don't know, but it's not the same. It's not the same. I, I know what and you the, mean. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of, I'm trying to think of the equivalent athletes, but um, uh, like, but like, you know, guys like, you know, Kobe was in high school killing it and stuff like that. Like he definitely had a lot of attention and he always, you know, he, you know, he's kind of an asshole, but like he was cool in my opinion. I know that stuff's arbitrary, but like he wasn't that cringy. Like he was always like, there's just there's just a there's a, a confidence or something uh, that feels real and a security that like he has like it just like LeBron just kind of strikes me as like a little bit of an insecure guy um and to be honest like I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing I think that like a lot of a lot of you know the kind of like the MJ types you know uh are can be huge assholes and I think LeBron is like legitimately a nice guy so there's a trade-off in person. It, like, it's like choose your character, you know, yeah. in a video game, and like there's trade-offs.
1: When you mention like insecurity, and that makes me think like someone that gets a lot of flack on social media is Kevin Durant. I'm mm. curious as to what you what do you think, what do you, who do you think he is based off of his social media presence? Because it is okay. it does seem insecure for someone that's the one. Of oh my the most god, he's like a different.
0: Everybody. Yeah, he's like an, in, an interesting foil to LeBron. Um, sometimes he can be funny. Um, but mostly like it's like really, in my opinion, like you don't need to do this. Stop. It's so, it some looks like- so petty and so insecure. And it's like like you dude, you're amazing. And and he could be cool. Like, like he's like well, he's got he's got that thing. He's got that Tom Brady MJ thing. Like he's kind of a killer like that but yet he like goes on social media and gets so angry. It's
1: so strange like, There'll be like it. a burner account. That's like Katie's overrated and he'll so, be like, it's just so sensitive. And like,
0: I just find it to be a very, uh, unbecoming quality in like, a uh, 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 leader or a man or something like that, or a person, I should say like, uh, like to me, it's like, it's like, to be able to be secure and confident and do your thing. Like I I believe you can respond to haters and and, and when it's appropriate, but like kind of like crawling all over social media and like being all so sensitive. I just find that um, I just, it's not a quality that I
1: think is admirable. I agree. And while he's still in these playoffs, having an admirable performance so far. So let's talk a little playoffs. I see you got your Sixers shirt on. Both yes. Big Sixers fans give me we've got three of the four series now tied up at 2-2 at the moment where do you think things are headed tell me what you've liked what's been surprising of these playoffs so far generically then we'll get into the Sixers but just of right. the other series um
0: I think I mean um I, let's see what so the fact that the Suns are doing really are being this good is surprising because I think there is like a stigma that comes with the Suns sort of like the Knicks, um, that you just expect them to be um, bad uh, just because of the Suns, and, like, are they for real? And, like, they definitely seem like they're for real. So that's been surprising. I think the most overall unique thing about these playoffs, um, although this has been trending a little bit this way, is, like, is just how unpredictable it is. Like, I really have no idea what's going to happen. Um, I would have said – like, I was thinking the Nets might just roll – but I don't know. They're playing right now. Let me get a little Nets update. I know that when this comes out, it will already have happened, but right. the score is currently, uh, Oh my God. Milwaukee's killing Brooklyn and Harden's back. So I think that like, I would say that like, it was a little surprising to me just how much the Nets were walking over Milwaukee. And now it's surprising to me that Milwaukee's coming back. I'm also surprised the fact that like, uh, I'm, I'm sort of surprised and not surprised that like the Sixers are at two, two right now. Um, I'm trying to think, what else, what should I be surprised about? What else should I be surprised? What is else, what's surprising to you?
1: Um, Maybe just because I'm a homer, the Sixers' performance has been surprising. I kind of, mm-hmm. I, did, I I saw the Hawks playing as well as they are. I just, after the years and years of watching the Sixers, like fourth quarter performance, I figured would like kind of ramp up a little bit, especially with like the head coach of Doc Rivers, the season Embiid's having. And it still seems like in something like this close game, like last night, that there's just something missing. And it, I don't know the consistency with this team kind of drives me nuts, um, but again, I'm, I'm a homer. That's just that's that bothers me. I haven't actually I have not been surprised by the Suns. I was very high on the Suns to start mm. the season. Um, I thought they it wasn't a fluke how they ended the uh, the bubble with their eight and no record. Monty Williams is one of the you know smartest head coach hires made in that off season. Oh yeah, two off seasons ago. Big, big loss for the Sixers, yeah. No, it, it was they didn't surprise me. I think what surprised me another team's inconsistency the Clippers I have them going to the finals and I just can't get a read on them yeah well
0: that's because like Paul George and Kawhi are like foils for each other like they have a lot of similarities but the big difference is that Kawhi is like amazing in the playoffs and Paul George is not (laughs) um so uh so you know, it's
1: crazy I, he wasn't always bad in the playoffs <laughs> i feel like it's but he recently. never well like
0: well he was like in the east with lebron when he was just there's no chance and so it's hard to evaluate that like he just ran into a wall that is lebron this is true you know um i i don't know to be honest i like i don't follow his exact stats but i know my sense of him is that like paul george is gonna blow it in the play like, just he just like come playoff time he's not going to pick up his game and become amazing he's just gonna like not do enough to to it feels like players need to like reach another level in the playoffs a lot of time and he just doesn't reach that other level Kawhi does does, though and so like that's why i think so does he
1: need to reach that level there's someone like Kawhi who pretty much always does
0: um well i don't know i mean like it's like eh, like does he need he needs to do it enough so they can win four games out of seven <laughs> each series you know like uh true so yeah. so i don't know but like you know it's, it's like i would say that like it Kawhi, i would say Kawhi can't do it himself but he did almost do it himself on toronto although like um siakam and lowry were there you know um but i, I think that for that team to push through like it's got to be there's got to be enough good paul george uh doesn't have to be great but enough good paul george um uh, yeah but but i i I haven't really watched that much of the clippers they're kind of like such a i just don't care about the clippers that much and so i haven't watched that much of them so a lot of what i'm saying right now is just classic guy bsing about sports
1: right yeah i think they're overrated they're good they're bad yeah but i don't know that's my view i've had the clippers just kind of like shoved down my throat just I'm on the West Coast time now. And all yeah. my Sixers game I watch like half at work. But the right. Clippers and the Lakers and the Warriors, they're always on when I'm actually like at home and relaxing. So I've had my fill of West Coast teams that I probably would have never sure, really yeah. watched this many.
0: Yeah, I've been there on the West Coast and it definitely uh it's definitely definitely watch a lot more of those, you know, those those things. And like it's hard to catch a lot of the East Coast games because they kind of start sometimes while you're commuting and whatnot.
1: Yeah, it's like at four, four o'clock, four thirty. Yeah, I guess no
0: one commutes anymore, though. I guess you do. You commute for work because you're doing news, right? Yeah,
1: I'm still still out and about. Yeah. But tell me about uh, Sixers tied up 2-2. How are you feeling going into these next few games? Well, before this last game, I was feeling great.
0: And now I'm feeling scared uh, because a total momentum shift. And that last game was one of those games that, like, could be, like, a total pivot point in the series. I mean, like, go be dominant like they were and on the verge of, like, basically – closing this team out ish um, I mean essentially closing them out um, had they won that game and then just blowing it and like I don't know what's going on with Embiid's health now because that was really weird he could not move he was looked amazing in the first half and then the second half he like couldn't even get up at it all it was and, the like... worst
1: single half performance in playoff history ever
0: and it was yeah and it was very it wasn't fluky it was very visible like he was visibly gassed or something or hurt and i think a lot of it comes down to that what's really concerning is how poorly the hawks shot and we still lost and i'm just worried that like this gives the hawks like a new new energy and they're very capable of having a very hot game like they did the first game where they just hit a lot of shots and the sixers are gonna have trouble with that so you know and there's other concerning things around like other players not stepping up and like i'm a little i'm a little concerned about danny green's absence because the sixers I think that's huge sixers aren't that deep you know and they have a lot of guys off the bench but like danny green's like a veteran who's very consistent he's, he's inconsistent sometimes with the shot but like he's just consistently is danny green and he's consistently a guy that you can trust in there um to do make smart plays generally and play decent defense and, uh, and it's a real kind of crapshoot like with the, the other guys as to who's going to be hot or cold or off or on. Um, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm now very concerned about this series. I could easily see the Hawks just like having a crazy game and just like blowing out the Sixers and just like this whole thing turns. But I could also see that the Sixers reimposing themselves. You know, this is a very, the, the makeup of this team is very different than the brett brown sixers there's just like this this team uh has been finishing games in a way that like the previous brett brown teams used to like and i love brett brown but like those teams used to just blow it in the end all the time and they would blow leads all the time this team lets teams back in but usually unlike last night does pull does close it out in my experience so um i i can't really predict i don't want to predict too much based on like my pessimism about sixers in the playoffs over the last Mm -hmm. few years because i think um i think this is a different makeup a different team so uh so we'll see we'll see i I really anything can happen um i know that's not the most interesting opinion but like i have no idea now what's going to happen i could see it going both ways
1: well um, i'm gonna force you to choose um so hope you get your glasses ready because i have have a theory that i think people with glasses are they seem smarter but regular glasses or
0: sunglasses
1: it doesn't matter These are not making make me smart. These are gonna make me cooler. Either cooler, smarter, whatever. So whenever I'm making a sports prediction, I throw on some glasses just to seem like I've got more education, more authority than I really do. So I want you to join me. And I want two predictions for Whoa. All right. This is okay, this is intense. Two predictions. This is future
0: smart. I'm tapped into the future internet.
1: (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Two predictions. The Alpha Sixer series ends and your finals prediction, winner and how many games? Okay, so first, how the Sixers series ends. Oh, Sixers and Six. Love it. Finals, two, which teams? Who's winning how many games? The finals are going to be... Uh-huh, uh,
0: there's two forces that are pulling at me. One is the wanting to believe in the Sixers, but then I also don't want to say they're going to do something good because then I'll jinx it, but I'm going to say... Oh, now i'm feeling the buck i think it's going to be oh god i don't want to say this but uh bucks Ugh. uh defeating the suns in six games wrong Yeah. <laughs> okay thank god i don't want to be right no i yeah, don't want to be right but i'm just the future internet is like when i, I think it's this like what well, you're seeing what's happening right there and some people maybe listen listening to this on audio so they can't see that like i have my super cyber cool glasses on and i have my headphones turned into a, a, a internet helmet and so what happens is there's two competing forces one is the my love for the sixers and my optimism but the other competing force is the future internet which is telling me the actual truth mm. of what happens which is bucks over suns and six
1: You know, that's a much more realistic and modest opinion. I appreciate you for being honest. I have to stick with my prediction that I made a couple months ago. I'm not going to get, I'm not going to back down on it. I say Sixers over Clippers in seven. That's my thought. That would be exciting. I, I'd be a great series. The Clippers have made me more nervous than the Sixers so far in this playoffs. Yeah. You know what? You
0: know what? I'm getting a new reading from the future internet. And I think. I think it's going to – I'm agreeing. Okay, Sixers, Clippers. What, what are they um, But I actually am seeing a Sixers in five. I get over the Clippers right now. Whoa,
1: whoa, whoa. Uh,
0: but you know what? No one likes someone who makes multiple predictions. So uh, I got to stick with Bucks over Suns in six. Uh, and I, I hope I'm wrong because I love the Sixers.
1: I love them too. I hope you're wrong as well. But we just have to wait and see. Time will tell. Before we I'm finish up, fill. I just have a couple of rapid fire questions I want to do. I still to you. need my my cool glasses for this, or can I do this? That is up re- to you. Regular cool. You can go still regular be,
0: cool. Okay, so I'm not, not going to lo- no longer be super cool.
1: Yeah, you're just right. regular cool now, which is yeah. still a couple levels above me, but I'll get there. I yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, you will. You'll get there.
1: Speaking of cool, growing up
0: in Cool Cherry Hill. Very cool. Yeah, one of the cool coolest places.
1: Who would win in one-on-one basketball games? You or Craig?
0: Oh boy! So it used to be me because I was the older brother by six years, and I would just physically dominate him. Like when I was, uh, especially like when I was seven and he was one, he had no chance. I would just absolutely outmuscle him. But yeah, then things started to change, and uh, he turned two,
1: right? That's what everything. He
0: turned, he turned two, and then he got a good post game, and I couldn't, uh, I couldn't stop him. He had a sweet sky hook he developed that would work. he might. Um, No, at at some point, like, Craig, like, I think it was, like, when I was in my 20s, um, and Craig was, like, 19 or something. But, like, he just, like, he just was in better shape. He just always has been in better shape than me since then. He's, like, just in, like, he's a little taller. And even though I had, my game had, like, the swag, like, I definitely, well, my game looked pretty. But uh, he would just, uh, he's just, uh, he generally he had that, he had a more of a Giannis physique mm. and I was more of a,
1: um, a, uh, uh, like a, uh, Jared Dudley. And, is uh, it bad that I was going to say that, but I didn't want to be mean. So I kept it to myself. Uh, no, 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 that's, that's exactly right. That's, that's, I was a Jared, I've been a Jared Dudley,
0: you know, which is a great, great team guy, but you know, not going to beat Giannis. So, uh, mm. Craig, uh, Craig would beat me, would edge me out. We haven't played a long, long time, but like, we used to play at the JCC a little bit. Um, and he, he won the last last few matchups. So gotta go Craig. All right, we'll go.
1: We'll go Craig. I got to get a, get another game in action. You got to do this with Craig and then see what he says to all these questions. True. You think he'll be, he'll be modest. or you think he'll, 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 say, on oh me.
0: No, oh, he'll be, yeah, he'll be, he'll be honest i think he's 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 an honest guy he'll he'll admit he'll say that he he uh he would beat me but overall i would say your your podcast with him will be not as cool and
1: not as funny so it'll be good but not
0: this it won't be this so you're
1: saying you know what craig you can take one-on-one basketball games in the driveway i'm gonna have the slightly cooler funnier podcast
0: yeah, yeah. Him. Although Craig is very low-key surprising. So, like, mm-hmm. I throw out a lot of jokes, you know, some hit, some don't. Craig, like, he waits for his moment, and then he picks his shots, and then he has a really clever joke. That she, mm. oh.
1: So you're this more of, like, like- you, you kind of keep them coming. You're funny. You got them in your pocket at all times. Craig's more if you kind of sit back and listen. He's He's got the ones that you might not expect. He's smart and calculated, and yeah. he will drop, like,
0: really smart, clever jokes, you know, Whereas I'm just like throwing anything at the wall, and a lot of them are stupid. Um, so uh, I think that's
1: that's the difference. Yeah, i will have to get him on and ask him. Quick personal question, because oh, you have yeah, probably personal questions known of me longer than I've known of me. Yeah. What do you remember about young me and, and all very all these little, boys?
0: <laughs> very little. I just remember that you were supposed to be a baby, and now you're an adult, and it's weird. It was always like yeah so like so for those who want to know how we're related is basically uh your this is my best bet your dad your uncle is married to my second cousin um karen uh yes. and uh and you guys were your whole family was just always little kid, little, little uh, like rugrats when i was and <laughs> i was like in a full-blown like person and uh and you were just a little rugrats and uh and there were a lot of you and uh and i just always was like uh yeah like i knew that uh that there were a little you guys were rugrats but then all of a sudden uh saw you guys recently and you guys were older and i guess that's what happens
1: i've tried my hardest to not let it happen i tried to stay like in that uh believe me 17 range but mm -hmm. can i can i give you a pro tip that i learned
0: absolutely this for everyone it ties into lebron's uh lebron's corniness don't get hair surgery okay i did that two times i got i started balding at 23 i was freaked out okay because like i was really into looking good and i got hair surgeries and uh they just like look so bad i got two of them and so now i'm finally shaving my head buzzing my head even though there's a big scar in the back but like uh i got a little we got that scar taken care of but like don't anyone listening not worth it don't get hair i know some people look good with it but
1: don't shave it, get just shave it hair LeBron surgery. Got hair
0: surgery and it's like it's corny you should have just shaved it you don't know? be
1: like lebron that's
0: don't be like Le... you could be like him in many other ways i think are admirable but hair surgery i would i would as someone who's gotten two of them and now completely shaves his head and wasted his money and and got a scar on his head don't get hair surgery as you get older there's other ways to be cool and other ways to be confident
1: and while we're on the page of giving advice to close it out what would you say to someone that's trying to get into the creative the comedy the sports Mm -hmm. everything illustrative the the field that you're in or the fields that you kind of touch in someone that's trying to get in there now they're working they've got their jokes their ideas their shitty podcast whatever it is what advice would you give them on how to Take that next step wow so I, I a lot of a lot of advice and a
0: lot of tips i would say for different um i don't know if they're good it's good advice but like i had to flip my thoughts on like and it's different per like kind of the thing you're doing um you know obviously what we do is very unique and i don't think there's a lot of people trying to do it but one thing that helps for us is like hating everything you do be like uh, because like that is That's the, like, I'm so worried that it's going to be bad. And I always think it's bad. I'm always chiseling and making it better. And like, it's like the obsessiveness and the pride of like, I can't make something bad or like average. um, It has to be good is what is, causes a lot of suffering. But it also is the chisel that like, you know, whenever, like, like, for example, just to give an example here, like I did, I did stand up like three times in LA and um, I hated it because I don't like to, be up on stage and all that stuff. But um, if I saw like one guy in the back who like looked like he wanted to kick my ass, even if everyone was laughing like that threw me off and I got, you know, a little weird about that. Um, but, you know, I kind of apply that in some ways to like the cartoons. I think like you can't make everyone happy, but I try to think about like different audiences and who was watching this and like how they might feel. And, um, and I use, And uh, anyway, so that along the, the, sorry, that's like a little confusing, but the point is like, be, don't think your stuff, your shit don't stink. It probably does. Especially when you're younger, you're going to make a lot of bad stuff and just like, just do it. And like, unfortunately for like your generation, like a lot of that stuff stays on the internet or whatever, <laughs> but like, um, but like, I just think you got to make bad stuff and you got to kind of like realize it's not good and continue to try and get better. And then and like, and like continue to always look at it, like just, it's like, you know, hate is a bad thing and like disgust and aversion and these sort of feelings are feelings that like we want to control in our lives you don't want to feel those things because they're sad they're bad feelings but they' are, if you can control them then you can use that as a tool to chisel your work and like just watch something why is what's what is making me feel like it's not working okay how do I improve that every time you feel like embarrassed or bad about something how do I improve that and um, and you may hit a wall and realize you know maybe I'm just not that good at this thing. And then uh, that's okay. Try something else. Cause uh, one other thing I'll say is the desire to want to be elite and to make something special is it's a cool drive and it allows you to produce things that I think people will find valuable, but it also causes a lot of personal suffering because like, there's a need to be at a certain level. And, a, and a, that comes with a lot of sacrifice where it's like, you know, a lot of people, like it's like, it's like the other option is Like I'm always envious of people who just say, you know what? Like I'm gonna I'm gonna be a guy who uh, does uh, glasses. Like I'm gonna just like be an optometrist and uh, and I'm going to go to work nine to five and just check people's eyes and I'm gonna leave work at five and I'm gonna like read a book. You know, like what Craig and I do like is obsessive. We work on it all the time. Like I can't stop thinking about stuff. I. I'm I'm using all this time to like write and I always feel like I should be working on something. So there is, I'm not saying that game of zones is greatness or anything like this, but like generally what comes with greatness is an obsessive drive that, you know, uh, there's a price that you pay for that. Um, and it's like, can be self-loathing and it can, it's ugly stuff, but that ugliness is the tool. Um, but it's a powerful tool wand and don't wield it. If, uh, if you don't, if you don't really want it, like, than just become an optometrist.
1: Right. To all the kids listening at home, your ugliness is your biggest tool.
0: Yes. Yeah. Something That's like that. Exactly.
1: Word of advice from Adam. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. It was great chatting with you. Yeah, for You're sure. You're full of wisdom and jokes and comparisons and voices. It's, I had a blast. I appreciate it. It's great, great catching up. Thank you. I'm empty of those things now because
0: I shared them all here. Those are all my jokes and all my wisdoms. So uh, thank you, Noah, for having me. Uh, and uh, I look forward to seeing uh, your career blossom. And I also look forward to being one of the earlier guests on what is soon to become the next big podcast. The next, the
1: next big podcast. Well, if it hits that stage, it's because I had you. Yes, I agree. fully agree. <laughs> <laughs>